0: Welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett and I'm your host. Mike Ruiz is an internationally recognized artist whose stunning photographs are vibrant, ultra stylized visual statements that stand out from the crowd. His work has been featured in such magazines as Elle, Vanity Fair and Interview, as well as many others. And he has a passion for creating provocative, and sensual portraits and fashion imagery. Mike is also a humanitarian who has devoted his life and art to bettering the world, working for dozens of causes, including a passion for raising awareness about homeless dogs and pit bulls in particular. He has created a yearly calendar that features hunky male models and adorable pups with names like biceps and bullies and hunks and hounds with all of the money going to help rescue groups save more dogs. What we're going to hear about next in this episode is how dogs can awaken our spirit of generosity and even push us artistically to do good mike thank you so much for joining me today it's such an honor to have you here in the studio
1: oh thanks so much for having me i'm very grateful to be here
0: so we're going to just kind of begin from the beginning and i wanted to ask you where did you grow up
1: i was born and raised in montreal yeah And um, I left there in my 20s. I moved to New York. And, you know, over the subsequent decade, I guess, I lived in L.A. and Miami and made my way back to New York. And I've been here for like 20 years now, this last run.
0: Good. Growing up, did you have dogs? Were you raised having dogs?
1: Yeah, we did. I didn't have a profound connection with my dog, Mm -hmm. you know, the way I've had in my adult life. I loved him, and you know, I grew up with a little miniature schnauzer, and um, he was great. What was his name? His name was Mitch. Uh
0: huh. That's a great
1: name. Yeah, but he was sweet. But you know, I was young. You know, like I think kids have a different relationship with animals. I don't think they have the depth to sort of like bond with them in the way that an adult does. But Mm -hmm. but I loved him. He was great.
0: Yeah. 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 I had the same thing. Like I, we had uh, Labrador retrievers growing up, and they were certainly part of the family. And I would lay on the floor with her, but. It was different, and I didn't even think about animals until later on in my life as I was trying to find myself, and animals helped me to do that. So yeah. So tell me about your how you became interested in dogs and about your first dog as an adult.
1: Much like a lot of other people, it kind of happened haphazardly. I wasn't really looking. You know, I wasn't like actively seeking a dog or seeking a relationship yep. with the dog. Um, a friend of mine in Los Angeles was fostering this this pit bull and um, I went to visit him and I was staying with him and this little pit bull came running up to me and just sat at my feet and looked at me with these big brown eyes and gave me like such a piercing look that really kind of caught me off guard. It caught me off guard to the extent that within 24 hours of that first deep profound stare, I was filling out paperwork to adopt him. Wow. At the time my partner was Wanting to adopt a dog, and I'm just like, oh, I travel too much. I'm always on the road. It wouldn't be fair to a dog. You know, so I just wasn't in the mind space for, you know, to have that responsibility. But, you know, that all changes when you you meet the right one, the right person, the right Mm -hmm. dog. (laughs) Yes. You know, and he was definitely the right dog. I mean, he did so much to change my perception at the time, my idea of like how I saw my life at the time. Right. Overnight, it just transformed completely. Into, you know, like being focused on him and like making sure he was okay and that happened pretty immediately.
0: It's one of the amazing things about having a pet. For me, having my dog, when I turned 40, it was the first time as an adult that I had my own dog and it was transformative because I became responsible for someone else. And I know a lot of people who have children have this experience. But as a man without kids, my first dog as an adult fulfilled that and raised my awareness about the fact that it wasn't just all about me. So tell me, what was his name?
1: His name was Oliver. It wasn't Oliver at the time, but um, because he was orphaned, he was found roaming the streets of South Central. Literally, he was straight out of Compton. He was like skin and bones and was sickly, and he was dumped off at a high kill shelter. Right, Carson shelter. Yeah, oh, that's
0: notorious. Yes. Yeah,
1: he had one day to live, and the rescue who pulled him who my agent at the time was actually working with. They pulled him literally 24 hours before he was to be euthanized. And then my friend saw a post on Facebook about like a foster needed. He decided to foster this dog. And um, you know, the timing was perfect. I went to stay with my friend. And like I said, Mm -hmm. I fell in love with this dog. Yeah. And um, 24 hours later, he was my kid, and my whole life was like turned upside down. Or, or rather, it was turned right side up.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And how old was Oliver when you adopted him, do you think?
1: He was 11 months, I okay. speculate. Yeah, he was yeah. 11 months old.
0: Were you living in LA, and then you moved? No,
1: no I was living in New York. I was oh, in okay. New York City.
0: Oh, so yeah. you brought him.
1: I did. I, um, how I did
0: had... you get him back to New York?
1: Well, I had him certified as an emotional support animal, uh-huh. which was legitimate because yes. any selfish concept that I had at the time was like completely shattered yes. by this dog and like every concern that I had related to him and i was so like terrified of thought of putting him in the hold of the plane that i i spent that whole week in la getting him certified as an emotional support animal and i you know i got him like some of the basic training required and brought him onto the plane with me and he mm-hmm. slept on my lap for the oh. entire flight oh beautiful and i got him to new york and you know he was a new york city boy oh no that's time. great yeah
0: that's great now tell me about oliver what was he like and actually what i want to just I want to say first and foremost because I'm I'm talking about him in the past. He did pass away this year.
1: Yes. On August 26th, he passed away from lymphoma. Mm-hmm. He had lymphoma for 7 months. You know, we did everything we could. Yeah. Uh, but lymphoma is pretty much 100% fatal in dogs. <clears throat> yes. But we gave him, a, you know, an extra 7 happy, healthy months. You know, it's funny. It's a funny thing when you know what's coming. I mean, not that we didn't dote on him already, but like he became the center of my universe and everyone around me. I mean, forced them all sure. to make him the focus of their universe, you know. And he did. He became like, you know, he became like a it's like such an amazing mascot for for his breed and for animal rescue and for like you know 20 other things and. He was a very responsive. Like you could talk to him, and he would look at you and like you almost be nodding his head, like yeah. he understood you. Uh-huh. Like he was very, very responsive, and um, so affectionate and so like loving and and quiet and gentle. Like mm. he was a big eighty pound pit bull. Yeah, like I was just was, gonna
0: ask you how much you weighed.
1: He was he was the gentlest, like most loving thing, like. Anyone who ever met him, even like a lot of people who were terrified, or, you know, because I would bring him to shoots. I'm a, yes. you know, you know, I'm a photographer, yes. and I would, I would bring him to shoots. And you know, sometimes there would be people on shoots who weren't comfortable with dogs, or and in a few times, especially pit bulls, like they recoiled in terror that there was this big black pit bull on set, you know, and with literally within five minutes, like all of that was dispelled, you know, which is one of the reasons why I feel so so inspired to, to wanna do you know, do that for other people is because you know, it's so like well, you know, once you once you dispel that and the, you know, the, your misconceptions about anything, you know, you can embrace them right and lot, you want to share not, it, more, it and more readily, yeah.
0: And exactly. And enlighten people. And I know with my dog too, uh, so my dog Tiny Tim also had lymphoma. I wanna ask you a little bit more about that. But with him as well, once they met once people met him and a lot of people would jump out of the way when they would see him they would be like, oh, I thought pit bulls were terrifying and dangerous. And sadly, a lot of them can be because of the way that they're raised and the conditions that they're raised in. Right,
1: but I think it's important to state that, um, A, you know, on the aggression scale, pit bulls are way down there. Yeah. You know, they're like you're far more likely to be bitten or, you know, aggressed by a lab or a golden retriever or border collie than you are a pit bull. Yeah. And, you know, there's like facts and, you know, statistics to back all of that up. So, yeah, so I think it's important to, to say.
0: Thank you for that.
1: But he was great up until literally the very last day. You know, we had him on prednisone and he was super, energetic yes. and playful and loving and there was really no indication that he was sick at all as a matter of fact the week before he passed was the week that i shot this um, animal rescue calendar that i do every year which he was on the cover of and you know i had a house full of people and because i shoot it at my house and it was summertime so people were swimming and and he literally swam 12 hours a day and nobody could believe that he had advanced lymphoma wow Which was great, you know, but once they succumb to it, it's pretty quick.
0: It is quick. Mm -hmm. And I know for myself, and I read your post during and after Oliver's passing, it was as though my life had ended. It was just, it hit me harder than I
1: imagined. Yeah, me too. Like, you know, like I, I think back to, I mean, it's, they're not comparable, but in a way they are. The loss of humans in your life. You know, like I lost my mom, I lost a partner. You know, before their time, and it was brutal. I mean, it yes. was un, you know, like unfathomably excruciating. But there was something about losing Oliver. You know, because it's such like a, I don't know. I mean, you know, everyone you know everyone knows that dogs' love is unconditional, and it's but it's so much more than that. Like it's such an uncomplicated relationship that you have with the dog. You know, people, no matter who they are, it's complicated. You know, so it's hard to lose them. But like to have like this pure white light gone from your life is um it's like cutting off my arm i'm literally choking back the tears right now because i don't want to okay i don't want to i don't (laughs) want because once i start sobbing it's gonna we'll have to take 20 minutes to console we'll have to take a
0: station break (laughs)
1: yeah
0: you recently adopted another angel
1: yes her name is julia she's um she was definitely sent from heaven by Oliver. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. She actually has a lot of Oliver's characteristics. It's kind of like she's channeling him. Yeah, a little bit, but you know, she's her own. She's her own girl. What is she like? She's uh, she's very goofy and playful, but super super smart and um, responsive. Again, like I don't know. I don't know if it's a byproduct of just me having good luck with dogs or. Or if it's the way that I talk to dogs mm-hmm. or connect with dogs, mm-hmm. that they seem to understand me like immediately. She was found skin and bones, and when I say that, it's like one of those hard to look at images of a, of a dog that you see on social media that you have to scroll past because it's too heartbreaking to look at. She was literally days away from death, yeah, and she was tied to a pole in South Philly. And she was rescued. She was dumped at a shelter, high kill shelter again. She had like a day or two to live. And the local rescue, Tiny Miracles Rescue, pulled her from uh-huh. from, the, what a great it, name. from the Philly ACC. Yeah. Brought her to this foster who nursed her back to health. You know, loved her and doted on her and got her ready for me. <laughs>
0: wow. And how did you find
1: her? I found her on Pet Finder. I was just, you know, this was shortly after Oliver passed. I thought that I would have to go through a long grieving process before I could open myself up to that again. But walking into the house and everything, you know, I I moved to that house in New Jersey because of Oliver. I was living in the city. You know, he was a big dog in an apartment and I just, I. I just felt that he wanted something different or needed something different. So I found a property in New Jersey with a lot of land and built the whole house up around him. And I moved there because of him in large part. Mm -hmm. So to walk in the house and not have everything heartbreakingly remind me of him was like, I couldn't do it. Yes. So I needed to have the pitter patter of of little feet. Good for you. You I hear
0: you, I understand. Is she helping you heal? How does it feel? How does it compare? How's it different?
1: You know she's definitely helping us heal she's um which is why i adopted her in the first place they told me that you can bond and grieve simultaneously and they mm. don't need to be consecutive things that's beautiful so that literally was what changed my mind about wanting to get a dog right away like i thought okay i don't have to go through this whole process in order to and also you know like being such a advocate for animal rescue it's almost kind of like the needs of a dog in need superseded my You know, my whatever I was feeling. You know, and Oliver, you know, Oliver. The reality is, is like I think we project a lot of our human sort of like emotions onto our pets, our dogs. And you know, Oliver doesn't. You know, he didn't know that. Like, he wouldn't understand the feelings of guilt for moving on and all of that stuff. Right. Exactly. The reality is, is his little body gave out and he was gone physically, but. I mean, what he left behind is 50 times brighter than what he had when he was running around. The selfish part of me gets angry and, and upset and sad and wants him back. But like the more enlightened part of me just sees like the light and the beauty that he left behind and giving me the capacity to love in a way that I didn't know I was able to, I was capable of before him. Once that part of you is awoken or woken up, yes, you can't deny it anymore. I had to help another dog. I had to bond with another dog. And it's very different. You know, Oliver, I feel in a lot of ways, kind of was like a soulmate. But, you know, I don't love my new dog any less. It's just very different. And everyone told me it's going to be a very different experience. And, like, in my mind, I was so heartbroken. I'm like, no, I want it to be the exact same experience. But she's opening my parts of my heart and my mind in ways that Oliver didn't. So it's Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, her presence is compounding the positive impact of having, you know, a sentient being that can't speak.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, each one that comes along opens up different aspects of our heart, different aspects of our sense of compassion and love, and that's a beautiful story. I'm so happy for you.
1: Yeah, I am too. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. So let's
0: move on to the calendars. You began creating these
1: calendars Mm -hmm. how many years ago? We're in our fifth year. At the time I was working with this one local rescue on the East Coast and they were a small rescue and we were kind of brainstorming like, how can we benefit this rescue Mm. on a relatively broader scale than just going to rescue a dog here or a dog there. So we thought, you know, let's do like, you know, like I'm a photographer. So why don't we, is there something I can photograph that, you know, we could sell a poster or something. So we came up with the idea of a calendar and then we thought, okay, well, puppies are great. You know, like everyone loves cute puppies. You know, and then we thought like, what can we, how else can we like kind of spice it up in order to make it, um, you know, super marketable and appealing to the masses. So we decided to incorporate, um, you know, super sexy, like healthy fitness models with cute puppies. And sure enough, like, that first year was, like, a huge success. It went viral on social media. Yeah, I remember. And every morning show, like, covered it. And we, we got, like, a huge amount of press. So I thought, well, this is, like, a really great thing. This is exactly what I was hoping would happen. It way exceeded, like, my expectations. Mm-hmm. I was hoping we'd sell, you know, a couple of hundred calendars. Right. You know, I think we ended up selling, like... 12,000 calendars, That's which is amazing. Which is a lot for a little, you know, a little project that I literally shot in my garage. Yeah. We didn't want to spend a lot of money. Right, exactly. We all the money to go to the to the rescue, so we had this little setup on my garage. I threw up a little seamless and one light and brought some puppies in and some guys that I met at the gym. Mm-hmm. And
0: look. I love <laughs> you it. You want to
1: be in a calendar?
0: And what was the name of the first one?
1: <clears throat> it was called Hunks and Hounds. Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Hunks and Hounds. That's brilliant.
1: Yeah. So we did really well. So I just continued with it, you know, and, and it's changed names over the years, Pecks and pups and heartthrobs and hounds. And, uh, this year, since we're doing a, um, pit bull specific rescue, it's benefiting a pit bull rescue on New York bully crew. Actually, mm-hmm. uh, we decided to call it bullies and biceps.
0: I love it. Yeah.
1: It's available through the rescue at www.nybullycrew.org.
0: Okay. And what is NY bully crew?
1: They specialize in pit bull rescue. The founder, uh, Craig, was in finance before and he left it all behind and he used all his resources to start because he fell in love. You know, like all of us, he fell in love with a pit bull and it literally changed his life. He wow. left the finance world behind and started this rescue. That's amazing. And, and now they rescue thousands and thousands and thousands of pit bulls. From all over the place, from you know, Puerto Rico, from overseas, from Central America, mm-hmm. you know, and of course, you know, domestically, but they're New York based. Right. On Long Island. But they do a lot of work like all of them. They just do like such an amazing, prolific work that I just feel like I wanted the calendar to benefit them this year.
0: That's great. That's great. How were the models with the dogs?
1: They were pretty good. It's like anything else, like you know, we try to give them a few minutes to acclimate to each other we kind of get them to feel each other out. I mean, the guys are all, I mean, I always try to use guys who have some connection to animals and animal rescue. Most of the guys in this year this year's calendar have had pit bulls or oh, have great. rescues or have adopted know about rescue because yeah. not a lot of people understand what rescue is. They just mm. they lump rescues and shelters and everything into one thing, but, you know, they're very different. Most of the guys in the calendar, you know, they had a good understanding of rescue. So obviously they know how to handle dogs and you have to handle dogs very specifically.
0: I've got another question for you. Um, For people that want to get into dog activism themselves, what would you recommend?
1: You know, there's no act small enough. If you repost one thing that gets one call to action to get a dog adopted or, you know, to get a dog out of a shelter and that's effective, you know, you've saved one life. Anything helps. So there's a lot of stuff, you know, volunteering at a rescue, volunteering at a shelter. If you wanna go one day just to hang out with dogs, they encourage them. If you go to the SBCA, they encourage volunteers to come in and take with the dogs for walks. And I mean, there's just so much stuff you can do.
0: What I love about what you do is that you are taking your art, your photography and harnessing that for awareness to raise awareness for the betterment of the bully breeds for the betterment and for the education about rescue all of those things. And that's when that's such a beautiful synergy. And I really applaud that. And I think that a lot of people are trying to find their way. And I know I run into people all the time. I don't really know how to help. I don't really know what to do. And. The beautiful marriage, the perfect marriage is when you can, you can take your art or whatever your skill set is and be able to apply that. It doesn't have to be to dogs, it can be to whatever is helping to build a better world. Right. And um, that always feels good yeah. because you're really, you're in your you're in your zone because you're doing what you love, but you're also doing it selflessly. And so where do we find you on Instagram?
1: my instagram is mike ruiz one all spelled out
0: mm-hmm. facebook
1: facebook is mike ruiz one the number one yeah and my website is just mike com.
0: fantastic <laughs> mike thank you so much you. I, no, it was so fun. nice to speak with you and to learn more about your dogs and your work and i'm so sorry for your loss thank you and i'm very happy for your new life with julia
1: Yep, it's all sunshine and rainbows and sprinkles moving forward.
0: (laughs) Fantastic. Thank (laughs) Thank you. you. Thank you. I loved hearing this story about how Mike uses his art and unique talents to make an impact on dog rescue. Clearly, his late dog Oliver had a big impact on who he is today, both as a person and as an artist. And I'm sure that his new dog Julia will grow to have a large part in his life and inform his work in exciting new ways. I also love that he is working hard through his art to help change the perception of pit bulls and how lucky he was to be able to bring Oliver on the set when he was working and how Oliver through his beauty and just his Oliverness, helped to change people's perception of pit bulls one person at a time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is a production of As It Should Be, a content studio, and it's made with the support of our producer and editor, Jack Summer. Special thanks to our composer and neighbor, Daniel Lampert, for creating the music for the show. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can subscribe to Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this show, please leave a review or rating. New episodes come out every Tuesday, so see you next week for another episode from Dog Save the People. You can also check out the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, at johnbartlettny.com. Enjoy a walk with your dog and make it a great day for both of you.